0: Someone asked a really good question. They said, how do we stop mindlessly scrolling? And he said that the best way for this is to delete and reinstall the apps that you are using every day. back to the What You Know podcast. This is your host, Lily Heenan. When you're listening to this, I am going to be in Bali. I'm so excited. So I do have, well, when you're listening to this, it will obviously be pre-recorded. I'm sitting down today in the studio doing two pre-recorded episodes. So you're still getting content while I'm away. I'm so excited. I think me and one of my friends were going to do, I don't know if you've seen... For those who are on TikTok, those videos popping up of people going to, it's almost like a healing ceremony in Bali where you go and do yoga and you dress up in these gowns. And then I think that they bless you at the water. And I don't know, I've seen some people like full-blown screaming. Also. It's almost like it's a release thing. So we're going to do that. So I will let you guys know how I go with that. I'm super interested in all that stuff, obviously. Yeah, I'm just, it, it's going to be amazing. I'm so freaking excited. And this is the first time I'm going to Bali that my family all aren't coming as well. Because normally I go, like the last time I went, I had people like, Family, my age, and like my brothers and my boyfriend, and stuff, but my family was still there. So, I think it's going to be a completely different experience this time for me, which I can't wait. Cannot wait for. Today, I am going to be sitting down and going through notes that I've taken from Dr. Andrew Huberman's live show. Obviously, you guys know that I speak about him a lot. Um, he came to Australia. And did, it was like a two-hour live show. Um, his It was called The Brain Body Contract. Obviously, you guys know how fucking obsessed I am with this man. So, I took a lot of notes. He also gave like a little booklet with some tools and tricks and tips that he wanted to share, obviously, with everyone who went. Now, the reason why this is going to be a good episode and you're going to take something away from this episode is because he... Is a, I think he's a neuroscientist and professor at Stanford School of Medicine. He also has like one of the top 10 podcasts in the world. He um, breaks down complex science topics and shares that to the general public to, you know, the best of his ability in simple terms, because I think sometimes like the content can be a bit heavy and sometimes a bit hard to understand. But most of the time, he does an amazing job at that. So obviously, I'm going to be speaking about the things that he shared at his live show because normally, you know, people can get a little bit, they don't want you to share the information at these live shows. They don't want you to record it. They don't want, like, obviously it's a paid event. But he did say at the end, any notes that you've taken down, go and tell the world, go and share with everyone. I want as many people to know this stuff as possible like he just is the most most humblest man alive literally when he walked out on stage i was filled with so much gratitude i literally had tears in my eyes i just it was just like even thinking about it now just i don't know i just i love this person so much and the impact they have had on my life and he's just like you can he's just genuinely a good fucking person so I also am going to Stephen Bartlett's live show. I think that's in a couple of months. I went with Letitia to Dr. Andrew Huberman and we're going to Stephen Bartlett's as well in a few months. So hopefully he says the same and we're, I'm allowed to share topics that he speaks about because I think that'll be another incredible one. Anyway, just quickly, I'll quickly tell you what I'm going to be going through. So basically he's come out saying that like he had a hypothesis that he thinks there's like A major contributing factor to mental health today to poor immune system to cancer to psychosis to anxiety and depression that it wasn't really um, researched enough but now his research is like proving that yes his hypothesis is correct I will go into that in a second what I mean by that so you don't want to miss The one simple thing that we can be doing to improve our mental health and decrease our likelihood of cancer, psychosis, depression, anxiety, improve hormonal health, all the things. I'm also going to be going into stress, neuroplasticity, creativity. And then he also did a QA and a at the end. People were asking about dementia, shift work, non-sleep, deep rest, how to stop mindlessly scrolling, what is mental health, um... Psychedelics, trauma. And then, if I have time at the end, I will go through some of the things that he has shared in his little book that he's given us. It's basically just like a little heading. So, for example, Like, you won't be able to see it, but I'm holding it right now. He's got one for, like, motivation, tools and takeaways. And then he lists through all the things that you can do to improve your motivation for sleep, for focus, for neuroplasticity, for your nervous system, all the things. Amazing. Love you. Love you, Andrew, honestly. But before I get into the episode, I will do owning your shit. So if you're new here, I have a segment that I like to do that I have been a little bit inconsistent with that it basically means that I share something that I'm working through or something that keeps coming up or an area in my life that I need to address because I think it's a moment of being vulnerable and being vulnerable is important and it allows me to connect with you guys and know that nobody's perfect and we all have our faults. So I don't know what it is. So the thing that I'm earning my shit for this week, I don't know what it is. My nighttime routine, I have that down pat. It's incredible. I, you know, Britt and I, we dim the lights at night. There's no big bright overhead lights. I put my blue light blocker glasses on. I try not to watch TV. I will try and turn off my phone completely an hour, an hour and a half before bed. I will meditate, I'll journal, I'll read. I make sure I take my magnesium. I do all the things. I have a great nighttime routine and it reflects my sleep and the quality of my sleep and how I feel the next day. The thing that I'm not so great at is waking up in the morning and like I'll wake up in the morning and because I have to open up um, my door to toilet my dog I am getting that natural sunlight in the morning and the, the it's so important and I will speak about that in a little bit because Andrew Huberman sp- spoke about it at his, at his live show but I'm still often checking my notifications and going on my phone after that And it really reflects like my motivation and my focus for the rest of the day if I'm going on my phone early in the morning or like flicking through TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And when I do do it, I'm more likely to grab my phone even more searching for dopamine that way if I do touch it first thing in the morning. That's something something that I'm working through and that's something that I'm owning my shit for. Okay. Anyway, let's get straight into the episode. Okay, so the first thing that he spoke about was the importance of being in tune with our circadian rhythm. So I'm going to read through my notes. They might not make sense, but I'm going to try and make sense of them. So for anyone who doesn't know what a circadian rhythm is, the circadian rhythm is a 24-hour internal clock in our brain that regulates cycles of alertness and sleepiness by responding to light changes in our environment. So he shared with us that mental health and the our circadian rhythm. If we disrupt this system more than three times a week, we are more likely to develop mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, psychosis. um, You know, it's linked to psychosis, cancer, poor immune system because he said the importance of orientation of rise and the fall of the sun is something that we need, but it is something that as a society, we have forgotten about because as we've evolved, we're so disconnected from our needs. And what were the cavemen doing back in the day? They were waking up with the sun and they were going to bed when it was dark and that's what we should be doing as well. And how to prioritize this is the first thing you do when you wake up, you want to expose your eyes to natural light. And yes, it still works if it's overcast, but you have to stay out for longer. I think it's like, they say like 20 minutes, but I do five to 10 minutes. Sometimes it's only a minute if I'm like in a rush or something. But then the next bit at night time is even more important because what are we doing as a society when it gets dark what are we doing we're exposing ourselves to blue light we're on our phones we're watching tv we've got big bright lights in our house shining directly into our light into our eyes he said it is a major contributing factor to the mental health issues we're seeing today and his research is now starting to back this he speaks about it all the time and the importance and I think a big key takeaway here is when you get up, I want you to expose your eyes to sunlight first thing in the morning for as long as you can. And then at nighttime, you need real blue light blockers if you're going to be on your phone and on TV. Even again, like you shouldn't be watching TV close to bed. You shouldn't be on your computer before bed. You shouldn't be on your phone before bed. They say like two to three hours So you do, so you're not messing with your circadian rhythm because you're, by exposing yourself to light, you're tricking your body into thinking that it should stay up and then you're more likely to be moody, you're more more likely to be sleepy, you're more likely to have poor focus and concentration so... And it's just crazy to me that something so simple and something that is programmed into our brain, waking up with the sun and being outside and going to bed when it's dark, we've obviously, it's a lot harder to do that because society is just so different compared to what the cavemen were doing back in the day. But if you want a simple thing to improve, like I said, your immune system, decrease your rate of cancer, psychosis, autoimmune, improve your hormone health, your mental health, do that and focus on improving your circadian rhythm. The next thing that he spoke about was stress. And he also spoke about um, biohacking, because he said, he doesn't really understand the bad rap that I guess biohacking is getting at the moment. Cause like a lot of people are saying like, you know, we're becoming too obsessed with all of these things and these Gidgets and trying to like biohack our way of being. But he said that biological mechanisms are not shortcuts, which are biohacks. You know, things like learning how to breathe properly, like through your nose, they are not hacks or shortcuts. They are our human needs that we have neglected for so long. So that was really interesting to hear him speak about. He also spoke about meditation, like what are some of the best ways to obviously improve stress. So he ha- he I've written here, Meditation, but it doesn't deal for in real time. So, meditation is a practice that you want to be doing every day if you can to make yourself more resilient and be able to deal with daily stressor when it does come your way. It's not something that you should be doing when you are in a highly stressed state to bring you back down, but if you are in a highly stressed state, the fastest way to shift your parasympathetic and to decrease your stress in real time then and there is what's known as the physiological sigh. And I'll do it in a sec. And he said that this is the fastest way to shift the parasympathetic and offload carbon dioxide. So this physiological sigh is you take two deep breaths in through the nose. And then out through the mouth and you want that second one to be the biggest inhale that you can take and you just do that a few times and that's the biggest way to really calm the body and bring yourself back into the present in real time he also spoke about vision soft gaze With soft eyes, you let your eyes physically relax. Instead of focusing on one thing, you allow that thing to be at the center of your gaze while simultaneously taking in the largest possible expanse within your full field of vision. Obviously, exercise. It increases your immune system. You're better able to deal with stress. It increases adrenaline and dopamine, which is a good thing. Not all the time, obviously, but in terms of like exercise, it is, there is such thing as good stress and bad stress. Exercise, obviously context is everything, is important and it helps us deal with stress better. Something that um, really stuck to me and I just loved him bringing up is he said he wants the world to be more curious, curious about things that people are saying, curious about Um, specific tools and specific beliefs and specific values about the body and the brain and anything in life genuinely because what he was saying is that when he was in uni or when he was like really young or whatever in our grandparents generation if you even brought up meditation at uni because you wanted to study it you'd be kicked out and you weren't allowed to study because that's how frowned upon it was and now years later we know how beneficial it is for us to practice it, and all, we we need it. We need it to deal with stress better, to bring us back into the present. It has a flowing effect on every cell and system in our body in terms of mental and physical health. Like the benefits are just incredible, right? But years ago, it was so frowned upon, and it was considered so woo woo, and that it like you just could, you weren't allowed to speak about it. And then another example he used is psychedelics. Psychedelics back in the day, still today, I think there is a lot of like stigma and for good reasons, because even he was saying like, we need to be careful, like these drugs are, you know, can be dangerous, but the right dosage, the right setting, the right intention is what matters and which is what the research has been going into. But that was another thing, like back in the day, psychedelics were so frowned upon. They're obviously illegal in a lot of um, countries, but today because people are being curious and people are studying it and because because what he was saying like his approach is he'll hear people talk about things right and like he said he remembers when people were speaking about psychedelics and how they were having this crazy out-of-body experience and they were in a different dimension and like this and that and then they like it completely healed their ptsd or their um eating disorder or whatever it was And he said, like, I remember listening to these people and thinking, what the fuck are you on? Like, are you okay? But then he know, like, his mission is to, like, obviously be more curious and he wants to know, obviously, because he was saying, while it might sound crazy, there's also truth in it. There's truth in everything. There's truth in someone else's experience. Maybe scientifically, you know, they weren't actually – in a different dimension, but he said, but that person thought that they were like, I want to study that. I want to know what that is. I want to get to the bottom of what that person's talking about because everybody has a truth and there was always a truth in the things that people say and believe and experience. So he started, you know, looking more into it. And he said, now, you know, this is just a classic example of the effect of these drugs that there's a 60 plus percent remission rate with MDMA and PTSD. Like that is just incredible. I don't think there has been anything as powerful or as successful as something like MDMA for PTSD compared to any other treatment, any like any type of medication, exercise, whatever it is. Like that you cannot ignore the literature in that, okay? So I really liked him reminding us to just be more curious and to stop being so judgmental about the things people say. Because like even like me, for example, back in my hometown, I remember when I first started getting into breath work and learning about it and I wanted like my friends to do it and my family to do it and I wanted everyone to know how powerful this thing was. And a lot of people thought that I was like, really woo-woo and this was bullshit and like Lily's like what path is Lily going down (laughs) she's she's losing it not no one ever said that to me but like I know a lot of people like thought it was ridiculous and still do but we now know it's one of the best ways to treat and manage anxiety it's just let's just be more curious is the um key takeaway there Neuroplasticity is the ability of our nervous system, our brains, eyes and spinal cord to rewire and learn new behaviors, skills and cognitive functioning. Repeating a behavior or a thought increases the likelihood that that behavior or thought will happen again in the future. This is because behaviors and thoughts reflect that chemicals are being released from neurons, which can change the connections between neurons. Neuroplasticity can also reduce the likelihood that a behavior or thought will happen again in the future introducing a new thought or action changes synapses the sites of connections between neurons the key to neuroplasticity is to make sure that the desired thoughts and behaviors happen at the right time so that was from his book what I just read out then but what I've written here in my journal is he spoke that um, obviously childhood experiences shape the brain but for a long time we thought you know after you turned a specific age neuroplasticity wasn't like I guess people thought that it almost wasn't a thing, like our ability to change and um, think differently and do differently wasn't like really possible. But he said that, you know, obviously the best time for this to happen is before 25, but still after 25, you still can have those changes and neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity still exists. But he said, you have to focus and sleep the two main things to prioritize when learning something new or trying to rewire your brain or change your thoughts and behaviors is you like want to really focus on the thing that you're trying to change and trying to do and prioritize sleep because the rewiring of the brain happens in sleep um, and he also said in non-deep sleep rest so use this if you want to get better at something so sleep and focus Now, just quickly, so non-deep sleep rest, Dr. Andrew Huberman changed the name to that because it's also called um, Yoga Nidra, but he also said that he knew the importance of non-deep sleep rest, but... Calling yoga nidra for some people to receive how important and beneficial it was, was too to woo-woo. And he wanted everyone to be able to learn about it and try and take it on board and implement it into his into their life. So it's just another name for a centuries-old practice called yoga nidra. Non-sleep deep rest refers to a state of rest that is similar to deep sleep but without actual sleep. It is a state of profound relaxation where the body and mind experience Restorative effects. So it's typically you're laying completely still and you're kind of focusing on your thoughts. It's almost like a medita- meditative practice and state. Creativity is the next one that I've got here that I wanted to quickly share with you some things that he said. So he said, sitting still and thinking sentences is great for ideas and creativity. So the mind is active, but the body is still, which mimics REM sleep, robust dreams. And he learnt this through someone called Rick Rubin. He's an American record producer, very intelligent person, right? And when Andrew Huberman was staying with him, Rick Rubin would do this two hours a day to be able to be a more creative person. And that's where a lot of his ideas and creativity stemmed from because he practiced laying still but thinking sentences and having active thoughts. Another thing that Andrew Huberman said for creativity is if we can get back to a moment we loved and had high energy for in childhood, do this in adulthood because it's going to create and have a flow and of energy for life. The first thing that I came to mind when I thought of that was horses for me, something that I used to love, something that I keep intuitively being called to do more of in my life now that i'm getting older so i think that was a good reminder that i really need to like do something about that area of my life so someone asked you know like what are some things that we can be doing to in- decrease dementia he said obviously like we want to increase br- blood circulation but and we can do this by you know cardiovascular health zone two cardio so that's barely being able to maintain sentences and obviously if you're doing things like smoking drinking vaping not getting good quality sleep at night you're more likely to develop dementia when you're older if you're not exercising all the things he has also just discovered a new part of the brain called the amcc let me try and pronounce this without butchering it because i can remember it's the anterior mid-singular cortex let me see if i got that right amcc the anterior mid-singulate cortex okay close He said, this is the area of the brain that is linked to willpower. And the bigger it is in this area, the better. And how we make this essentially bigger and stronger, it's when we do things we don't enjoy doing. And so your AMCC grows and it's linked to willpower. And the way to activate it is to lean into challenges on a regular basis And when he was speaking about the importance of this and you often sometimes see this in cancer patients who get told that they aren't going to live but in their mind they've kind of like made up that they will and they fight for it even if it's like something that they don't want to do and they often sometimes beat cancer. And he said that he thinks that that's kind of what that area is linked to. He also spoke about shift work. I won't go into that. He did a complete episode on shift work on his podcast if you guys are interested about that non-deep sleep rest obviously i've spoken about that already i've written yoga nidra similar to sleep patterns body still awake mind meditation oh i think some of the question was like what's the difference between Non-sleep deep rest and meditation. Obviously, I just read what non-sleep deep rest is. It's yoga nidra, similar to sleep patterns, body still awake mind. But whereas meditation is focused as opposed to energy restoring exercise. Someone asked a really good question. They said, how do we stop mindlessly scrolling? And he said that the best way for this is to delete and reinstall the apps that you are using every day. As hard as it sounds, he said he understands because he said he had like a little kid come up to him one time and say like, Dr. Huberman, you don't get it. It's different for you guys because you didn't have this in your life when you were our age, like when we were young teenagers, you've only just sort of had it. Now, as you're growing up, like you don't understand this literally is our life and we're so addicted to it. Like we don't know any better. And he kind of like he said, I get it, like I really do get it. It's so different for adults. Like adults really can't talk about their experience with it because it's obviously so different because we, you know, it is because of adults who created this. Like they brought this into our life. It's not he's was saying obviously there's so many amazing things that come out of technology, but Mindlessly scrolling obviously isn't great. And he said the best way to do that is deleting and reinstalling every day. He said him and his team, like obviously I reckon they would have been in Australia for a week or something. He said that when they came to Australia, all of them deleted social media and only one person in their team had it to post, you know, like content for his podcast page. But like they deleted it. He was like obviously a man of his word and he followed through with like the techniques that he was sharing to us. He also said you want to try and limit your time as much as possible. And then I think he went into speaking about, you know, what's the go with when we do delete the app, we still go to tap it, even though it's not there. He said that that's a compulsion rather than an addiction. Um, And he said, like, we need a behavior barrier for us to stop going on it. So whether that's deleting the app or like having a password on it or setting up like a limited time thing on your phone you need to have some sort of barrier that's going to stop you from clicking and mindlessly scrolling and some and then he went on to say like what is mental health it's agency and gratitude and then i've written here trauma is adverse events that changes the nervous system let me see if i i'll go through his book now and see if like there's anything that i want you guys to take away oh here we go the best thing for focus this is this focus toolkit, deliberate cold exposure prior to boost your adrenaline and dopamine, a visual focus slash deliberate gaze as a warm up, fasted versus fed. So fasting, a being in a fasted state gives neural energy, which is adrenaline. A fed state gives you caloric energy, which is glucose in particular, which neurons thrive on being overfed, however, causes parasympathetic activation and sleepiness. He said it's the it's best to have forty Hz binaural beats during as a background sound. And his focus neurochemistry kit, in terms of like supplements, is alpha GPC, three hundred to six hundred milligrams. L-tyrosine, 500 to 1,000 milligrams, and caffeine, 100 to 300 milligrams. Sleep, tools and takeaways, will rest. Sleep toolkit, natural light in the morning and evening, dim to zero light from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., limit naps to 90 minutes, limit caffeine in the 8 to 10 hours prior to sleep because we know that caffeine has a half-life of like what? six or eight hours or something his um little supplement recommendation here is magnesium theronate 145 milligrams inositol l-theanane ashwagandha and another one that i can't pronounce it's a p i g e i n 50 milligrams it's so interesting though like just how much misinformation there is out there because obviously a lot of people know that we should be supplementing with magnesium right but dosage and what magnesium matters and what time of the day you're taking it in so one of my friends bless her i had told her what magnesium to get like the brand that i use i'll tell you guys it's the advanced i'll leave it in the description notes fusion magnesium advance i take two around about 4 or 5 p.m. and then another two at 7 p.m. ish because it's like a slow release it helps me sleep so much that's the dosage that my coach has me on but I think maybe maybe not you wouldn't have to take as much but I know definitely one dosage of that like maybe around 5 p.m. would be best but it's so interesting because like yeah I told my friend that And obviously she's gone out on the website and just found a completely different magnesium. It's cheaper. The percentage of like the ingredient quality was so poor and for her to be like meeting the recommended dose, she would have been having to take like 12 12 different pills from the one bottle because it was that low and it was the wrong magnesium anyway. So basically she would have been taking magnesium that would have been doing nothing. And it's just like, the amount of people out there like going to try and better themselves, but they don't know the right education. Like there'd be so many people. So everyone should be supplementing with magnesium. If you want to start doing it, I'll leave a description in the notes. I hope you took away something from that episode. I really loved going there, seeing him. I took so much away. Um, Like honestly, I'm going to manifest that I'm going to interview that man one day or like meet him in person. Like I just think that would be incredible. If you took something out of this episode, share it to your loved ones. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Give me a rating and review. Only if you're like listening to the podcast, of course, um, I will be in your ear holes next week talking about my skin journey and how i healed my acne and how good skin starts within so make sure you tune in for that next tuesday and i love you guys hope you have the best week i'll be in bali right now soaking up the rays and having the best fucking time remember nothing changes if nothing changes